an empty chair beside you if you'll raise your hand so um, the folks will know that uh, we got, we'll have more people streaming in as the service goes along. It'll be good. There's a couple chairs, two or three chairs up here. I know our band would probably like to sit, but uh, that's right. Uh, <laughs> that's right. All right. Uh, good. Thank you. All right. Ooh, that's hot. All right. Well, to this evening, we are going to be sharing different things. I've asked some of our leaders that were in, in the leadership on the, on the trip to be able to share some different stories of the things that they, they experienced. And uh, we have several different folks, and we have more stories. We have more pictures. We have more things we can possibly share in our time tonight. We would be here until Friday if we did it all. So a few of the things we're going to save until later. Ryan and Dennis McDaniel working on a phenomenal video. We're going to save that uh, until a later date and let, uh, show it in worship sometime. So we're not going to show that tonight. But I wanted to share just briefly a few things uh, that, that I noticed as, as kind of the head of our, our tent revival and our tent meeting thing. And one of the things that, I, that God taught me that he really impressed upon me is that he doesn't need me. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Bob. We've missed you. <laughs> uh, welcome back. He doesn't need me. He can work just fine without me. And despite all the efforts and the time we've put in to learn how to sing in Spanish, which I don't speak Spanish, I can barely sing it, but with all of that, God still chose to take my voice away on Friday night. So Friday night, we tried a sound check to try to sing it, and there was nothing coming out. So, but but the, God still showed up in an mighty, incredible way. And he still moved, and people got saved, and I have nothing to do with it. <laughs> so the neat thing about that is remember that God is able and willing to work even when we are not on board. The challenge is we want to make sure that we are on board and doing everything we possibly can. Our, our, um, our phrase and our idea is that we want to plan both mission trips, big, big, huge, uh, very involved, complex mission trips, but also in our weekly ministry here, we want to plan as if it all depended upon us. Well, that's the, the approach we want to take. We want to plan for that. But then we need to stay, back up, take a step, and trust that it's all up to God. And so that's the idea, and that's the challenge that we have for you tonight, is, is to keep that in mind. Yeah, God can and will move. He wants you to be a part of it. He's inviting you to be a part of his work and his mission. But we have to make sure that we're trusting him and having the faith and doing everything we possibly can on our end to be, uh, be ready and to move. All right, so we're going to share with several different people tonight. I want to go through our testimonies first, and if we have time at the end, we'll show a little slideshow of, of uh, some, some pictures that we've had. Um, and I have this in no particular order, so uh, uh, leadership, if you want to volunteer to go first and share just a few words, uh, that would be awesome. All right. All right, Mike, you're up first. All right. What a crowd tonight. It's terrific to see everybody. Um, I tell you what, y'all had seen some of us sitting around on Wednesday nights uh, in the fellowship hall starting in about January. And boy, were we planning. I mean, we had uh, a, lot of, a lot of ideas going around. But what I learned was no matter what plans we make, God has a different plan. 
And uh, I called Dr. Mills uh, at the end of the first week while we were there doing construction and all. Part of the, the um, plan was car care and other things like that. And I, we had one car signed up for the whole week. So that was uh, what was a concern to me. And I called Dr. Mills and I said, we're going to have to pull a rabbit out of a hat. And I didn't know what rabbit or what hat, but I knew who was capable of pulling that rabbit out of that hat. And uh, little did I know that uh, the car care wasn't the real issue. There was other things. I mean, uh, we ended up having the, the mornings full every morning with cars to service of parents that were bringing their children to VBS. Uh, but what really changed after the first day with our wonderful plan of uh, VBS and soccer camp, it was too hot in the afternoons. We just didn't realize it. And so we, God had the right people there uh, to change the plans for soccer camp, and it was completely revamped Tuesday morning between so the time VBS started and soccer camp was to start because kids weren't showing up. They weren't showing up to VBS uh, because they didn't want to go to soccer camp because it was too hot. So... We, this whole trip has been guided and bathed in prayer. Uh, but that just tells me the best plans we can make are, are not, not real reliable. We've got to rely on God to guide us, and we've got to be flexible. And God had the right people there at the right time to make the changes we need and to have a successful week. And it probably gave us more time sitting down with kids uh, in the afternoon. But uh, I just thank you all for all your prayers. And... Uh, Let's just continue to pray and seek God's plans in all that we do. It's all right. All right. Well, I was going to be the head of the kitchen, which is not to me a big deal because I do it here. And I was only cooking breakfast, so that wasn't going to be a big deal cook breakfast for 100 people, it's okay. But on Monday, after I cooked breakfast and started planning on what we needed to buy for the rest of the week, I got anxious and I got nervous and I got a little crazy. And my kitchen people were so loving and didn't throw me out of the kitchen. They just dealt with me. And when I left, I think they probably said, glad she's gone. So I went back to my room and I uh, had to spend a little time with the Lord so that the rest of the week they would still love me by the end of Friday. Um, but the verse that um, really spoke to me that first, first day was Malachi 3.10, and it says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that may be food in the house, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if it will not throw open the floodgates and pour out so much blessing that there will be no room enough to store it. Well, for me, that meant I needed to be there. I was using my talents for what God asked me to do, but I was doing it in my power, not his power. And so when I got nervous or anxious, I wasn't allowing the Holy Spirit to fill me and, and just do what he had given me the ability to do. So throughout the rest of the week, it was good. Uh, um, the kitchen staff was, I mean, I have a chef on there who knew how to cook for the people who had different allergies. They were a blessing to me, but I... I still kept getting anxious, and the Lord reminded me every time I was in my prayer time that he gave everyone gifts and talents. Every single person that was there had them, and all I needed to do was do what he asked me to do, and they would do their share, 
and their part. My job wasn't any harder than anybody else's job. My job wasn't longer, tougher. I didn't sweat more than anybody else. I think we all sweated enough. I think we all were hot enough, wet enough, ponytails and all. And he just showed me that he can do anything with us if we're willing and if we're, if we're willing to allow him to work through us. And it was really a blessing um, at the end of the mission trip to look back at everybody who worked together. Nobody said, oh, my job's harder or, or tougher than yours. And I mean, there were some jobs I really would not have wanted to do. And I was very thankful that the Lord brought me back to saying, it's yours. We're all working together. Everybody's using the gifts that you have given them. And that's how this is going to work. And only can we do it when we do it in the Lord's power and not in our power. Um, let's see, I was in charge of Vacation Bible School, and um, my planning for Vacation Bible School, I tried to emulate it there like we do here, and, um, but God had another plan, and I was supposed to learn about trust, and um, I, when I plan out where people are going to be in each division area, I use a pencil and I write people's names in and then many times I'll race, move them somewhere else after I talk to them or something like that. Well, we had several people to um, back out of the mission trip at the last minute. Well, these people happened to all participate in vacation Bible school. And we were already short. We did not have a full team going down for vacation Bible school. Um, as the people who went to Indian Town understood, the Guatemalans kind of fly by the seat of their pants, and there's not a lot of planning and paperwork or anything like that. We got a list of volunteers, but I didn't know when they were going to be there, what days they were going to be there. I mean, it was kind of like up in the air. So starting Monday morning, we had at least 12 gaps. And so I just said, well, We'll see who God provides to be in the preschool room, to help out with crafts, to, you know, it was in every area there was a gap. And so um, he did every morning because it wasn't the same person every morning. So every morning it was always trusting in him to be able to provide for the person that needed to be there. Because he had, a, had to remember, like, like Tim said, it wasn't about him. He had a plan for that volunteer to be with that group of kids, and had I put someone else there, they might not have had that experience. Plus, we were teaching them how to, you know, put on a vacation Bible school. So we were trying not to overstep things, but um, like I said, they're not much into planning. And so um, anyway, God always provided, always provided. And it reminded me of, in Psalm 118, it says, It is better to put your trust in the Lord than place your confidence in man. And he knew he was supposed to be where they needed to be each day. And uh, he definitely provided. We never had any gaps. In fact, we had an abundance. At the end, I had volunteers I didn't know what to do with. And I was like, can they go to car care? <laughs> you know? So anyway, thanks. All right, all right. Um, first thing I want to say is we saw 44 people give their life to Christ. Yeah, can we give a round of applause for God? 
Yeah. Man, I just, all the hard work, all the, the time and the preparation, man, it was worth it to see 44 people give their, give their life and, and put their trust in Christ, and that's what it's all about. But as you know, Tommy had to leave earlier in the week um, because of baby Reese, so he left me and Clay in charge. I know, right? People are laughing. Yeah. We, uh, but he left us in charge, and, and we, to prepare for the week, we, we made a list, and we made all the soccer drills, and we had all the rotations, and it, it kind of took a long time. And I guess God was trying to teach me that, um, that and, and somebody kind of touched on it about, like, having your plan, but relinquishing control. Um, after the first day, Mr., Mr. Mike was the one who talked about it a little bit, but after the first day, we realized that some things needed to be changed, and there were some unexpected things that had came and that had happened that day that we weren't ready for, which had caused some problems. But the whole time, I didn't want to change it because I thought my system was good. I thought, I was like, man, we put all this hard work into it. Like, this is going to be great. And then the first day, like, it doesn't really go as well as we had planned and, wait, and, the, as, wait, and as, as we had hoped. Um, gosh, I can't speak, but, but we, but what God was teaching me was that like, in order for that to go well, like I had to relinquish control. And there was a verse in Proverbs and I actually, I read it this morning as well, but it says, it's Proverbs twelve fifteen, and it says the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Just like tear me down. Um, but no, God was saying like, Logan, like, your way is not the best. Like, you've got to learn to listen to other people. And then a wise man is, listens to counsel and listens to advice. And, and it, ended up, it ended up being better the next following days. I mean, we had kids coming back. We had kids asking about Jesus. We had one kid give his life to Christ. Um, yeah, amen. It, it, was, it was a really awesome time at soccer camp. Uh, and, but God was teaching me that in order to be a Christian, when I give my life to Christ, my decisions are consulted through him. He leads me. He guides me. And if I'm going to live as a Christian with my hands and my fists all tightened up, he can't use me. Um, there was a quote by a man named D.L. Moody, and I have it on my phone, and it says, this is by him. It says, when I was a young man, I heard Henry Barley say that the world has yet to see what God can do for a man fully yielded to him. And I said, I wanted to be that man. But I can say that today the world has yet to see what God can do with a man who will fully yield himself. Man, that's really convicting. Um, I think we all have areas of our life where we want to be in control, whether that's through your job, through your kids, through your future decisions. But my challenge is to you is to yield every area of your life to God. God can do amazing things through you. He can change thousands of lives. But you have to be willing to do that. You have to make the decision to say, God, I want to give you control. And if you do that, I promise you, he will, he will do amazing things for you. So thank you very much. All right. Come on, Daniel. You know, I sent out an email the other day about uh, to the to the, the each of the team leaders reminding them that hey, we want you to say a few words. I did not tell them a topic, but yet it seems like we've got one. <laughs> Don't mess it up. 
I thought uh, Logan was going to start preaching up here in a second. (laughs) Well, I was in charge of evangelism, so no big deal. Uh, (laughs) Dr. Mills was like, I want you to do evangelism. I'm like, wow, (laughs) that's what you specialize in. I don't know if I can handle this. Um, but definitely to go along, I'm not going to say the same thing everybody else has said, but uh, I definitely did have to uh, change a lot of things and adapt, and, and my plan was, uh, you know, not the best. Um, <laughs> but I did think it was the best. So, <laughs> so the main lesson that I learned in Indian Town doing evangelism was very simple. It was, sharing the gospel is needed and worth it. So while we were down there, it was really clear that people needed the gospel. I mean, we know that people need the gospel, but experiencing that people are needing it and have no idea what you're talking about, uh, have never heard the word gospel, you know, really confused, or, you know, you just run into a lot of different stories, whether they're just hurting or they're just confused. So it was very clear that people needed it. And the worth it side was kind of like, we know that we're supposed to do it, but, you know, is it really worth it? I mean, every door that we go to and you get, maybe you get rejected or something, you know, is it really worth it? Well, when we were down there, it, it proved it to me that it was definitely worth it. And we had tons and tons. I mean, I had a stack of papers like this of gospel conversations that people had. Our team had with different people. Those weren't conversions. We had 14 conversions, though, from just the evangelism team. Um, But that huge stack was also good that people were digging in, and they didn't know, you know, a lot of Catholicism, and people didn't know um, really what the gospel was all about. They knew a lot of the words, and they knew Jesus, and it was... It was difficult to, the, the, pretty much the challenge for the whole week of evangelism was f- figuring out how to navigate the conversation when they're telling you, oh, I have a relationship with Jesus, and then you say, well, do you know how to have eternal life and go to heaven? I have no idea. So you're like, well, what do we do here? Um, <laughs> um, so we, I have to give credit to the evangelism team because there are some awesome people that were on the team. And the kids that came were awesome and loved it. And it, it was just really cool to see how pumped up all the kids were to go. I mean, you got kids fighting to try to get on the evangelism team. You know what I mean? Um, so that was really, really awesome. Um, I definitely don't feel worthy to lead it, to have led it. Um, but to go along with the lesson, you know, they desperately need to hear the truth. And um, it, I mean, it felt like another country down there. There's people in our country who've never heard the gospel explained, never heard the word gospel. And that, I mean, I, I guess I knew that, but just seeing that so much was really eye-opening. Um, and it's definitely worth... Um, the awkwardness and the discomfort of going up to people's doors and, you know, 
let me take a few seconds and do a survey with you. We're not Mormons, you know. Um, <laughs> they love that. So, yeah, just listening. I mean, the survey basically just got down to what are your beliefs? What do you believe in? And that, that's really what it questioned. And it really, that fourth question talking about, you know, how do you get to heaven and have eternal life? That's where you go straight into the gospel from there based on their answer and um, dig deep. So the scripture that supports it, um, I got, a, got four verses here. Uh, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Um, Romans 5.18, uh, therefore as one uh, trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. Matthew 24.14, and this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. It needs to be spread through the whole world. Romans 10, 14 through 15. How then will they call on him in whom they have not, heard, have not believed? And how are they to believe in him whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. So the challenge... I would give to us would be we can do it here. Um, and the people in our community need it. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who have never heard the gospel in our community. And, and that was hearing that from people, I'm sure our teams heard it on a daily basis, tons and tons of times overall, just saying, you know, have you ever, has anyone ever told you that? No. I don't know what you're talking about. And then to be that person to explain it, there's a little bit of a weight that comes with that, but it's also a huge gift too. So that's all I've got. All right. See, Brian, you want to share? (laughs) You're special. You haven't said anything in their coffee for you. That's because that's we got a secret together. <laughs> no. Um, one of the things that, I guess the main thing that I learned that, or that God showed me this week, was the unity that our church has that that church down there did not have. They were like two totally separate churches in the same building. And maybe I'm not supposed to be saying this. But I'm just saying, there was division between their church and the, and the unity that our church had that God gave us was very, was amazing because God used everybody from young and old. Miss Faye was out there in car care. Her and Brent led somebody to the Lord right on the side of the road and we're changing their tires and, and washing their car. Um, and she was down there scrubbing tires just like the middle schoolers and I was so um, but the unity that the church has and and displayed down there during non-ideal conditions because it was very hot um, was pretty pretty I thought was pretty amazing and that can only be achieved by the Lord there was like Miss Tony said there was no egos there was no I was doing this and you were doing that and 
there wasn't a hierarchy. There was there was very much a big sense of unity I felt um, among among the team. And with that, the um, the language again. One thing I learned as well was language isn't a barrier with the Lord. Even Dan shared with me on the uh, evangelism team the the Conhobal language is a language within itself. So they would have a Spanish translator or a person that spoke Spanish and a Conhobal translator. Sometimes two different translators just to get it to the language of Conhobal. Um, and so. At any rate, language was not an obstacle. As Logan mentioned, 44 people came to the Lord, and very few of us spoke English other than, or Spanish other than Clay. So, um, and I will say this, the, the young people on the trip did an amazing job. Uh, Logan, Clay, even younger, there were, there were kids that were, there were our kids that were walking their kids down the aisle that wanted to be saved. Even the very first night, Michael Fry went down. Everybody down there was probably speaking Spanish. And the one person that Michael went to spoke English. I mean, that wasn't a coincidence. The Lord, the Lord designed that. And so um, it, was, it was really neat to see uh, that. And, and the verse, of course, somebody's calling when I'm up here. Um, <laughs> the verse I... I felt was appropriate for me was Philippians 3.14, press on to the goal of winning the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. We had to press on through a lot of circumstances, through a lot of language barriers, through a lot of heat, through a lot of plans that didn't go well like we thought they were going to, but the Lord prevailed. Ryan, you want to share? You had something to do with this trip. <laughs> a few things. I guess the only thing I wanted to say about Indian Town is, um, is that God showed up. Um, he showed up. Mike, despite our best efforts, um, you know, God showed up while we were down there. Um, and he showed up in some really uh, interesting and amazing ways. And I don't know how many stories there could be from all the people who were down there and saw him, the, the logistics of it, of, of planning and putting all this and getting, getting 107 people into enough space for 50 uh, in, in the hotel. And, and um, you know, I saw some absolutely amazing things. That, that, that farm, where, that place where the Dickersons stayed, wasn't available the day before. Um, we showed up down in Indiantown and um, we found out that, uh, that the air conditioning wasn't working in, in one of the rooms. And, it wasn't going to be fixed, so we lost that room. Uh, they you know, had a huge rainstorm the week before, and one of the rooms had flooded, and the ceiling had come down in the room, so we lost that room. So we lost two rooms at the end. Um, so they were going to make the owner's home available to us. They were, they're the snowbirds. They come down in the winter and up, so their home was available. So they went over there, and the air conditioning was out in that house. It was 100-and-something degrees in the house. So we lost that, so we're scrambling all around. But so on Saturday, when everybody's coming down, we're sending people out, and, and uh, we sent some folks out. The Owens were staying in the room, and they texted me, and you know, they said, it's 100 degrees in the house. And I was going to text back, well, that's just the way it is here in Indian Town, and um, it's, it's okay. So um, <laughs> it's 110 outside, what are you complaining about? Um, so we brought them back over to the inn, and... and uh, and shifted people around, and, and all of a sudden, everybody had a bed where we didn't have enough beds just a few minutes before. And, 
And, and frankly, even when I look back at it, I'm not sure where some of those beds came from. <laughs> um, it was just amazing how, how God showed up. God showed up on those evangelism teams when our kids were walking and talking to folks and they got to experience things. And, and I am absolutely excited that, that these people came to know the Lord in Indian Town. But I think I'm equally excited that our folks were to be able to, to be a part of that and watch that. And, and for, for my kids to be a part of that and to see somebody come to the Lord and, to, and to, to not be able to claim that as something that they did, but just to see that happen and, and see the joy in the life of somebody else by coming to know Jesus was just an amazing place where God showed up. God showed up in, in, in biblical proportions, right, Mark? Um, at, the, uh, at the covered play area at the church where lightning struck and blew out a piece of concrete on the, the column. And I don't know if you're going to tell that story or not, but it was pretty amazing where God showed up almost physically right there in the middle of those kids. Um, and, uh, and just minutes before that, literally, they had decided there was a storm coming in and they better move the kids on into the, uh, to the cafeteria. Um, and God protected us in all those amazing ways and that storms came and went and, and we were always checking the radar because that part of South Florida, these storms, and it literally looked maybe five, except for that one day, that these storms would come and if this is Indian town, the storms would come along and they'd just open up and go around it and it was as if God had his finger right there and the rain didn't come. And you watched it on the radar and it, I mean, literally you could just picture how that kept the, the rain from hitting us and we were able to go out and evangelize. So. Uh, so my take from Indian Town is, is despite our, our best efforts and our hard work and 10 months of planning, God showed up and he showed himself there. So an amazing thing for me to be a part of. Thank you all for being there. And thank, you to, thank you to Ryan and Tommy and all the other guys for doing all the legwork on the, uh, the, the logistics of this were just absolutely mind-boggling. So appreciate you guys for, for taking care of that uh, and all the getting all the details. Uh, did I miss anybody with the leadership? Got, Dennis, you want to share something? Uh. You know, to most people, uh, having an oil change is more of a hassle. It's something maintenance that we have to do with our cars and stuff. And um, However, to many people, uh, most of the ladies and some of the families that we provided all, it was a blessing. And um, <clears throat> I think one of the things that, that Christ shows us that when he went to feed 5,000 disciples are saying, hey, let's send them home, send them home. They can go get their own food and stuff like that. But Jesus said, no, we're going to feed them. And he did, and he shows us that it's one thing for us to go out and tell people of God's love, but it leads a whole lot of credibility when we go out and show people God's love. Um, so that was really exciting. We get down there, we're ready, and we, with all the marketing and telling them, we're going to change all, we're going to do all this, bring all your cars, and we'll take care of this and that and stuff. And we had three cars <laughs> for the first day. So we get on the phone, we um, go to um, make sure we're confirming, hey, you have an appointment and all this. And after all that, we had one car <laughs> for the whole week. And uh, as Mike said, well, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? So... Um, well, I just left it to Stephanie's grand marketing and salesmanship skills and uh, told her, here, if people come, tell them they can get free um, oil chains and stuff. And, and some of the people were pretty apprehensive because they couldn't understand why we would be giving them a free car change and inspections and all these other things. So little bit by little bit, one person came, and then we had some other people come. And by the end of the week, 
we washed 11 cars in one day and did six oil changes in one day and uh, it turned out to be a really great success but the really cool thing about it was that um, uh, we were they were able to lead one person to Christ while they were there and we were able to reach other people and do things for them that they weren't necessarily capable of doing for themselves at that time and Plus, a really great part, one of the great part about it is after a couple of days, we had some of the guys that were members of Indian Town come and help out, which led a whole lot of credibility for them to be able to see some people from their church or their community joining in doing that. And then one of them was a mechanic, and he came Thursday, no, excuse me, Wednesday, and then Thursday I couldn't be there, so he came and he led the whole thing, so... Uh, which worked out really great. Plus, we got to teach some of these uh, younger guys uh, how to change oil while they were out there. So some of you parents that had guys to do that, they, they can change your oil now. So <laughs> now you have somebody not only mow your lawn, but change your oil and stuff. But the reality, it was a great time. Uh, we went down there with uh, some expectations. Not all of our expectations were as we thought they were. They turned out to be greater, which emphasizes my idea or what I've always told the kids in my Sunday school class is God's plan is always better than our plan that we have for ourselves. And, uh, man, I'm grateful for that, and that just shows that how much he loves us better than sometimes we realize. So. Uh, I, I had an opportunity to be with the, the, the students, the young people uh, throughout, the, throughout the week. Uh, Tommy and I swapped places early in the week. He came back here and I went down. And uh, I just wanted to get, give just a shout of affirmation to the students that we have in our ministry. Uh, they, their attitudes were fabulous. They, they worked hard and it was impressive. Uh, Clay, Logan, and Catherine were all involved in the leadership uh, that week they had the responsibility to to guide our student ministry, and I was I was around just to be around. And uh, when Paul uh, tells Timothy, "Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young," I would you know, just want to affirm our student ministry. Uh, that that verse applies to you, and uh, you can certainly um, uh, wear that verse, uh, having earned it from this this past week or just a few weeks ago. So thank you for serving. Thank you for uh, representing uh, your families and and Beach Haven well. And I am absolutely convinced that one of the reasons why God showed up in such an incredible way because we had an army of people praying here. We had a huge number of, yeah, thank you. Um, we had a huge number of people that had committed and had been doing it for months. This whole thing was bathed in prayer. And God is sovereign. He could have shown up just as much without it. But I do believe that he does respond to our prayers. And he, does, he did allow us to do more, I think, because of the prayers of his people here. So thank you guys for doing that. Um, I wanted to also let you know that our pastor is not here tonight because he is over at Camp Kaleo preaching. So um, be praying for him as he's sharing the gospel with all the kids there at Camp Kaleo. And uh, so that's where he is tonight. I also want to uh, leave us with a challenge, and then we'll, we'll take a moment to watch a, f uh, a few uh, pictures and slides. Um, these are just stuff we'll pull up on Facebook, but not everybody's had the opportunity to see them all. But uh, I wanted to ch leave the challenge. As we go, remember that our job here is not over just because we're back from Indian Town. We still have a massive mission field right here, and it's our goal and our job to be able to trust the Lord, trust that he will work in and through us, trust 
and obey the way that he desires so that we do everything we possibly can to reach this community. So uh, as this one is almost dead. All right, good. I'm almost done. So, <laughs> but uh, keep working to share the love of Christ with everyone around us. Uh, let's let's watch this, and then we'll pray and be dismissed. The free.